everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome to this hump day edition of RP3 in company. I am your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parched Third, And I'm joined here with enthusiasm, with joy, and with someone who eats her steak the right way. The one and only Hannah Five Names. Good morning. Hannah is so filled with joy this morning. So much joy, so much joy that her microphone is now dead. <laughs> that, that the microphone is not working. <laughs> but I can assure you, she tried to say good morning to yours truly and to all of you out there listening. We appreciate you making us part of your morning commute, whether you listen on your radio dial or on the free game mobile app for either Apple or Android devices. Also, you can check us out on Google Home, on your Alexa device. And if you're here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Before we get started, before we start talking about the sports news of the day, though, our thoughts and prayers are going to be with our friends down in New Orleans. That storm system that came through didn't do a ton of damage to us here in Acadiana. There was some flooding and some wind damage north of us, north of Oakdale and in southern Avoyles Parish. But New Orleans last night had massive tornadoes on the West Bank and plenty of destruction and lives impacted down there. So our thoughts and prayers to all of our friends down in New Orleans, the greater New Orleans area in particular on the West Bank who had to deal with tornadoes coming through yesterday evening. So we'll make sure to keep doing that as well and keeping them in our thoughts and prayers. As for today's show, we got a good one for you. Coming up at 7.30 today, the Mad Dog Ron Higgins will join us talking the new LSU men's basketball hire, the end of the season for the women's team, and talk a little baseball because the baseball team will get back on the diamond tonight as the Tigers, Jay Johnson's group, will host Louisiana Tech, the Bulldogs, at Alex Box Stadium, first pitch set for 6.30. You can listen to that game live right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
So we'll be talking all things LSU with Ron Higgins at 7.30. At 8 o'clock, we'll be talking golf. That's right. Lake Charles Championship, the inaugural tournament, is this week. It was supposed to launch a few years ago. COVID canceled the first the first year, then the Hurricanes the second time. But the Golden Nugget, the course there at the Golden Nugget, will be hosting the Corn Ferry Tour event. The Pro-Am is later today, which your boy is taking part in. Because apparently embarrassing myself the first time around was not enough. So let's bring it back and do it twice. We'll talk to the man in charge of the Lake Charles Championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be doing that. David Fox will be joining us at straight up 8 o'clock today to preview the Lake Charles Championship. What does it mean for the community? What does it mean to have it taken away because of the storms and now it's back? What they expect the crowd to be like, the field, the whole nine yards. That'll be coming up at 8 o'clock today. And then our third and final guest today will be our good friend from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He also contributes a weekly column to 1037thegame and 1041thegame.com. Andrew Juge. We're going to talk all things New Orleans Saints offseason with Andrew. So those are our three guests. Ron Higgins, LSU Talk 730. David Fox, the tournament director for the Lake Charles Championship at 8 o'clock. And we'll close out things with Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast at 830. Of course, We'll take your phone calls. Hotline's always open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we got to lead off today's show talking about yet another free agent for the Saints getting paid to go elsewhere. This is not a surprise. Just like Marcus Williams leaving wasn't that big of a surprise, Teron Armstead leaving is not that big of a surprise, but obviously disappointing news if you're the black and gold. Teron Armstead went down to Miami. They whined and dined him and then turned around and gave him a five-year contract worth up to $87.5 million with 43.37 of that guaranteed. That is a massive contract for Teron Armstead, who is considered to be the best free agent in the NFL. He was going to be a coveted free agent, and there was some talk, there was some scuttlebutt that Teron may decide to come back and play for the Saints, the team that drafted him in the third round of the 2013 NFL draft out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And he was able to be developed into a Pro Bowl left tackle. And look, Armstead has been injured, has dealt with injury issues. That's been a big deal for him, obviously. But he was also tough. I mean, he played through a lot of injuries. But I'm not completely stunned by this news, nor should you be. Look, he comes into the league. He's coached by Sean Payton. He plays for Drew. He plays. He protects Drew Brees. No Drew Brees, no Sean Payton anymore. And you get a chance for a team to pay you $43 million in guaranteed money. It makes sense. It just does. It makes sense. So Marcus Williams gets the big $70 million deal to go play for the Baltimore Ravens. 
Teron Armstead gets a big, huge $87.5 million deal to go play for the Miami Dolphins. Two players that the Saints drafted, developed, turned into talented starters, top flight starters in the NFL, are now on other teams. And this happens. This happens to all good teams. Whether you're the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers or the Saints or the Patriots, it does not matter. This happens eventually. You can't keep all your pieces together. And what's intriguing about the Saints is that not only did they were unable to bring back Teron Armstead and Marcus Williams, but the other part of this is that they're like, what, $27 million under the cap? So for the first time, you know, everyone's been so focused on their salary cap number the last few years. Well, that wasn't an issue because Mickey figured out a way to manipulate the salary cap like he always does. They have a ton of space, relatively speaking, for the Saints underneath the salary cap. Yet they can't compete with Armstead and Williams because there's always going to be a team out there that's going to overpay for your star. That's the rule of thumb When it comes to professional sports, especially the NFL, there's always going to be another team in the league that is willing to overpay for your star player. Always. I like Marcus Williams. I think Marcus Williams is a very good player. Is he 70 million good? No. I love Teron Armstead. Is he 87 and a half million dollars good? Probably not. But. If you're those guys and you've been in the league a while and you get an opportunity to get a huge contract, generational type of wealth deal from another team, you have to take it. As disappointing as it is, if you're a fan of the New Orleans Saints, you have to do that. You have no choice. So Marcus Williams gone, Teron Armstead gone. What do the Saints do now? They already got locked up Hurst. We do know that. He is a reliable spot starter. Is he a full season starter? Don't know. Will they try to go after somebody in free agency? Will they try to draft an offensive line? I think they're drafting an offensive lineman at 18. I don't think it's going to be wide receiver. I think they're going to sign a free agent and wide uh, a wide receiver in free agency, a middle tier guy. And they're going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. That's not sexy. And a lot of Saints fans are going to be upset because it's probably not going to be an LSU guy either. Or a sexy impact player. But that kind of follows their formula for success. So, Armstead gone. Marcus Williams gone. You can't keep the band together forever. It's the harsh reality. And that's what the Saints are dealing with this offseason. And I know some Saints fans are also a little frustrated because they don't believe the team is making any moves at all. You signed a safety from the Jets who's coming off an injury and is facing a suspension for DWI. That's what you got. And you brought back Jameis Winston. Where are the moves going to be made? It is curious because you're usually far more active, so... We'll have to keep an eye out on what happens with the New Orleans Saints. But Teron Armstead's gone. He's headed to South Beach. Going to be protecting Tua or Teddy Bridgewater.
We got to take a timeout. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and Company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or even minor landscaping around your home or your fence line, it really doesn't matter. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station remind you call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Let off today's show talking about the Saints losing Teron Armstead in free agency. He's signing an 80 plus million dollar deal to go play for the Miami Dolphins. This comes a week after losing Marcus Williams to free agency after he signed a $70 million deal to go play for the Baltimore Ravens. What are they going to do? How are they going to replace Armstead? It's a big question. Hurst can be a spot guy, but eh, some people have said, hey, what about Pondwater, our buddy Andres Pete? Nope. He hasn't started at tackle in a few years, and he's not very good at it. So they'll probably go with Hurst. And more than likely, in my opinion, probably use that first-round draft pick to draft a left tackle. But that's just my thoughts early on. But let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on James to the show. He's been patiently waiting. James, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Good morning, Mr. RP3. Hey, I, I chimed in on your state question. I love it. But uh, we'll get to that <laughs> later. But. What I'm really interested in is I think we're going to rebuild through the draft. I think the Saints are one of the teams that have the best history of uh, finding those second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, all the way down the seventh rounders and really coming to contribute. You know, even like Ramchek was the last guy in the first round on a trade we got from uh, New England. That's right. And, and, and you talk about uh, the guys we lost. Marcus Williams was a second rounder. 
and Armstead was a third rounder. We found Kamara in the fourth, Colson in the seventh. I'm really interested, though, now that that uh, Ireland and Loomis and Peyton team are kind of broke up to see how we do this draft and see if we don't miss a beat and find some more of those hidden gems. I, I feel the same way, James. And also the other part of that, you know, this also be the second year without Terry Fondo, right? So right. he's not part of the brain trust anymore in the front office. Now you got Sean Payton retired. Now it's just Mickey. And, you know, Jeff Ireland's done a very nice job of kind of keeping those guys in check once he arrived in that role, right, and making smart decisions with the draft picks. So I would be interesting to see if that's their approach because it sure does feel that way, right? You, you get the, the safety from the Jets kind of on the cheap. Jameis, you bring him back kind of on the cheap. You still got all the salary cap space. Are they just going to go conservative here and just build up through the draft and not spend a lot of money in free agency and then just try to rebuild the team that way? That's what it feels like. Yeah, I, I agree, right? And I think that Jeff Ireland's unsung hero in that room that, uh, you know, some most guys know who he is, but a lot of people you'd be surprised don't. Correct. Appreciate the phone call, James. Have a tremendous day, my friend. All right, thanks. Bye. Poll question of the day. I'm glad James brought it up. It's the most pressing question you will be asked Today and possibly all year. That's how I'm quote tweeting our poll question of the day. You got to go vote. Go vote now. It's something that came up from a group text involving yours truly, Hannah Five Names with the broken microphone, James Mesh, <laughs> afternoon producer, and. Our new afternoon host, Matt Miguez. We somehow, oh, I know what happened. Five names grilled up some steaks, cooked up some steaks for her and her fiance, shared it in the group text, and that inspired a reaction from our afternoon host, Mr. Miguez, who does not like his steak medium rare or rare or medium rare. And that caused a thread that got a little out of hand. <laughs> but it did <laughs> it did inspire our poll question of the day. How do you like your steak cooked? You like it still mooing? That means rare. Red but not bleeding, medium rare. That's my go-to, by the way. That's my go-to. I like my steak medium rare. And sometimes that's a struggle to get that done at a restaurant. I'm like, I'm like, I, no, this is not medium rare. <laughs> so still mooing, which is rare, red but not bleeding, which is medium rare, and then our third option, we could have gone medium well or well done, but no, no, <laughs> the producer extraordinaire got involved here and said, no longer steak but jerky is your only other option. So if you don't eat your steak rare or medium rare, the only other option is it's jerky. <laughs> 67% of you on the poll question of the day say red but not bleeding. 28% say still mooing. 5% say no longer steak. JPK the OT says rare. 
knock its horns off, wipe its backsides, and pass it by a fire on the way out to the table, served with the soup of the day, as long as the soup of the day is bourbon <laughs> with I, w- bourbon with ice croutons. Outstanding. Outstanding. And we have your microphone back it on. It is working. Yay! Magically, all of a sudden, it started coming back on. <laughs> it knew the poll question was being read. <laughs> that is the answer to that. Oh. And for those that, yeah, my, my steak that I made last night was a beautiful rare, and it was fantastic. I actually took a spoon out, and I cut it with a spoon, and it worked. So You're a master. Grill master. Never. Steak master. I've never made steak in my life. Oh. Or warning everybody. The rook I've comes never. out strong out of the gate. Yes. What a debut. I never did it make it on the grill. I made it in a stir fry pan on my stove. Outstanding. Outstanding. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, five names, likes, hers, uh, rare. As I said, JPKOD with the great comment and, of course, a Ron Swanson gift to go along with it. Joe Cola says, season it, put it on the grill for seven to eight mi- minutes each side, baked potato and pan-grilled asparagus. Mm-hmm. Or, he says, grilled asparagus wrapped with bacon. Oh, the people, the people are, the people are with us. Miguez is not a fan of. No, he was the the only one in his club. (laughs) 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 And he also went, so I asked, I said, please tell me you don't put A1 sauce because A1 sauce is always the go-to, which I did buy in case mine went south and didn't go well. I brought home A1 sauce to cover it up, make it better. Yeah, Yeah. But um, that or Heinz 57. Right. Or, or I like, I like to go, if you get a really good steak, just a little Worcestershire sauce. That or some au jus. I like au jus. It's fantastic. Um, but I asked him, I said, please tell me you don't use A1. He's like, A1's for losers, but some barbecue sauce. No, <laughs> you don't put barbecue sauce on steak. You, <laughs> you don't do, do that. Talk about, you do on a pork steak. <laughs> right, but not oh, for, actually, for a no. barbecue plate lunch. This man's putting barbecue sauce on his steak. Yeah, we get to reconsider our friendship. <laughs> reconsider his employment i'm not we're not, no we're not gonna go that far we love matt he's part of the family now so he's stuck <laughs> so please as i said this is the most pressing question you'll be asked all day possibly of the year it's our poll question of the day how do you like your steak cooked still mooing red but not bleeding or no longer steak but jerky keep those comments coming on the poll question of the day make sure you leave them on facebook and twitter we got to take a timeout. <laughs> oh, we got our poll question of the day up. Hannah Five Names Microphone is miraculously working. Oh, we're rocking and rolling here. Keep those phone calls coming. Game hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team and Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Oh, the most pressing question you're going to be asked all day. That's what we do here on RP3 and Company. We ask the tough questions, the hard questions, the ones you have to look in deep into your soul to answer. How do you like your steak cooked? <laughs> How do you like the steak cooked? Uh, this was, once again, inspired by a group text involving the two producer extraordinaires, yours truly, and new host, the Matt Miguez, who indicated, revealed to us um, that he likes his steak uh, medium well, if not well done. This inspired some shame and ridicule from others on the group text. I won't point out who. I'm just so happy pointing in front of me. <laughs> so that led us to our poll question of the day. <laughs> How do you like your steak cooked? Let me fire up my steak. My steak. <laughs> Can't do that. I'm like the product. I'm the I'm the face of Outback. So you're the face of Outback. Yes. You can mm. say I'm not. I mean, my middle name is because of the cheesecake they had. Uh, my stepmom. Time out. What? Time out. Let's 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 focus in on that right there. Your middle name is inspired by the cheesesteak, the 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 cheesecake they used to have at Outback Steakhouse. Yeah, before they changed it, the New York style cheesecake. It used to be called the Cheesecake Olivia, and so my mom's entire pregnancy was eating that cheesecake. So every time any of her coworkers said "Live, Olivia, baby, live." Any sort of way to say Olivia, I would kick. So they're like, we had to put that in her name. And she's like, no, it's going to be Hannah Grace Adams. Which, by the way, if you know now, I have five names. So it's a different story later time. Uh, so when my mom, or when whoever it was, came out to the waiting room to the rest of the Outback staff, because, of course, Outback closed down for me. Duh. Uh, she went and they were told it was Hannah Grace Olivia. So my middle name is Olivia because of their cheesecake. And then mom was a host, manager, server at Outback. Stepdad was a cook for Outback. Went to Hong Kong and opened a restaurant for them and not for Outback. Uh, my dad was in the dish. My aunt was a server. So I, I think it's I'm the face. No if ands, or but about it. <laughs> I, there, there are more mornings than not. When you open up that microphone. That you're scared. I'm always a little slightly scared. That said, you're always surprising me, five names. Who would have known that you would have been, one of your five names would be inspired by a former dessert at Outback Steakhouse? I mean, yep. I didn't see that one coming. At, the, at one of the first ones they opened, too, the one in Slidell. My mom started there five years after they opened. <laughs> yep. I actually ate lunch one day and worked with one of my mom's former, like, regulars. 
her son, she has like 10 of them. And one of her sons actually started working with me at Outback and took a picture with my mom because he was like, hey, look. They like brought her whole poster and everything when I was born. They're like, where's the lady with the bump? Where, where's the lady with the bump? Oh, so your second family's Outback is what you're saying? Yeah. All right. They're kind of mad I left. It's fine. Oh, I'm, gl- I'm, gl- I'm glad you're able to uh, overcome the emotional, <laughs> the emotions of leaving Outback to come work for us full time. You're welcome. Thanks, five names. We feel so special. You are special. Don't worry. I was not named after a dessert. I was named after my grandfather. So. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a fun story. <laughs> I was simply named after my grandfather. We do a whole segment on my entire name. Like, it's, it's an epic name. Oh, there's a story for like you have five of names of course you have five yeah but five. like the first name came with it came somewhere like a certain way my last name was changed i tell you i have to- two social security numbers because it changed because my name was changed so <laughs> Pencil i'm still i'm friday still, <laughs> i'm still i'm still just wrapping my brain around one of your names, because you don't have enough, mm-hmm. was inspired by the dessert. I mean, yeah. shout out to shout out to you, and shout out to to your mom. She's special lady there. <laughs> well, we'll pencil it in for the end of the week. We'll do a six thirty segment. We'll be the, the divulge. Don't don't forget to vote on our <laughs> poll question of the day as I try to transition out of this. How do you like your steak cooked? 64% of you say red but not bleeding. 28% say still mooing. And, of course, that's the choice of Hannah Five Names, uh, who one of her names is inspired by a former dessert at Outback. Uh, next, she's going to tell us uh, her mom actually gave birth to her in the Outback. And then 8% say no longer steak but jerky. Some of you like your steak to be dry. That's so gross. So keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. You can also give us a call on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk a little LSU baseball. They were supposed to get in action last night. And obviously, because of the severe storms that were coming through the area, they delayed their game. They will now take on Louisiana Tech tonight at Alex Box. And the Tigers have had a good start to the season so far, but when they've played good competition, they've fallen short. Dropped two of three this past weekend against Texas A&M. Lost to number one ranked Texas. Lost to Baylor. Lost to Louisiana Tech earlier this year in a midweek contest up at the Love Shack. So they're still trying to find their way. Pitching is the question mark, just like it is with the Cajuns. Pitching's the question mark for Jay Johnson's group. And after dropping two or three to Texas A&M this past weekend, Jay was asked what is his message, or rather what was his message to his team after dropping the series. Playing the game with better fundamentals that we've shown at times throughout the year, competing and uh, the right kind of character and, and disposition. You know, it's, Sundays a lot of times uh, end up like that. I mean, Sundays do sometimes end up that way. And look, They won the game on Sunday to avoid being swept. And they got Louisiana Tech tonight 
Of course, we'll carry that game for you right here. First pitch, 630. But then they have Florida this coming weekend. And they're going to have to get into the heart of the SEC schedule. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, that's still on tap. All those are still raring to go. And Johnson said, guess what? You know what? This season, it's not going to be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it a couple times. Maybe guys trying to do too much, carrying a, a heavy burden out there. I mean, not playing with enough confidence. Got to play good to, to play with confidence. The season's not going to slow down. I mean, there's guys that I think that uh, will make money playing baseball. They're are part of those mistakes, and trust me, they want to play better. And um, we'll just keep working, working at it until they do. Just need to get better. Look. Sloppy with the glove work. That's been an issue. Pitching has been an issue as well. They can hit. LSU can hit. Whether or not they have enough pitching and they can clean up the defense, because there's a certain point in the season when you're a college baseball team, you, you are what you are. You're getting close to that being the, the case for both the LSU Tigers and the Raging Cajuns and the McNeese Cowboys. When you get to a certain point when you're sloppy with the glove work, you're just sloppy with the glove work. Sometimes you have a bad weekend. McNeese, for example, they had six errors last weekend against Eastern Illinois. That's a bad weekend. Do you expect the Cowboys to have six errors every weekend? No. But you got to clean these things up, and you get to a certain point where you are just what you are. But right now, all those teams, including the LSU Tigers, have to work at getting better. That is the goal, to get better every single day. And Coach Johnson brought that point home yet again. Yeah, we just got to get better. I mean, I dropped that on them just from perspective that in the bottom of the eighth inning, we've tied the game. And not only tied the game, we've had to go ahead and run on second base twice. And then um, knock on them in and then proceeded to give up runs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, tough pill to swallow. We got a lot we got to do to get better. They got to get better. Louisiana Tech has had a couple of games that they've let to get away from them as well. They're currently unranked, but the Bulldogs are capable as they took down LSU earlier this season in a midweek game, but that was up at the Love Shack in Ruston and a five names favorite school, Louisiana Tech. <laughs> what irritates you more? What bothers you more? Somebody who eats dried steak or a Louisiana Tech fan? Steak. Wow. Wow. We know. Think, we already know. Steak doesn't move. There's a problem. Your steak, <laughs> when you pick it up, it should lean, like, go down. It should fall somewhere if you pick it on one side. If you pick it up and does not move, it's jerky. <laughs> And what irks me the most is, oh, okay, though, okay. is when people go and they're like, oh, look at the picture. And I'm like, you know, oh, I want it medium. I said, okay, that's a you know, warm piece. Of this is what it looks like. It'll be a little bit of pink in the inside. I won't be bleeding. They go, okay. And then I bring it to them. They cut it. And they're like, this is too much pink. And I'm like, do so you want medium well? Or you want well done? I bring it back. And now it's jerky. It looks <laughs> disgusting. It looks as if you took all of the, like, the, like, grit and everything from the 
from cooking steaks on there all day on our grill, and you just put it on top of the steak. It's so gross, and they want ketchup. When it is, oh, when people go and I say, do you need anything else before your steak comes out? I said, can you have some ketchup? Oh, I get so angry because they don't have french fries. I'm like, you don't put ketchup on a steak. <laughs> that is jerky. You are going to be eating jerky. I know you ordered medium well. <laughs> oh, 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 thank you, five names. <laughs> oh, oh, five names, five names. What this are we going to do with you? What are we going to do with you, five names? I don't know. But I definitely did post both pictures of my lovely dinner last night. <laughs> yes, everyone else did. to see as well. Yes, you did. And my mushrooms are perfect, too. I cooked them the first time, and my mushrooms did not do well. This time, I went to go like, try one to see how they were. I was like, they're soft, and they're good. And I had to make Kenneth eat it. Like, in the middle of playing a game on Xbox, I literally shoved it in his mouth and made him eat a mushroom so that he knew how good it was. Shout out to you. Yeah. He's still full. He told me earlier when I left this morning. He said, I am still full. I said, <laughs> we got we got, we gotta take a timeout. <laughs> it's, it's, woman got very angry bringing out steaks to people at the restaurant when they didn't have them cooked properly and then sent her over the edge when they wanted to put douse them with ketchup. You don't. You don't do that. <laughs> keep keep voting on our poll question of the day. And a reminder, whether you like your steak well done or medium rare or with ketchup on it, we'll be carrying the LSU baseball game tonight versus Louisiana Tech. First pitch is set for 6.30. Pre-game begins at 6. Bulldogs, Tigers from Alex Box. You listen to it right here. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops, though, for your kitchens, bathrooms, and man caves. LMG also offers custom shower installations, including new grout-free showers. That's right, LMG offers low-maintenance showers without the mess and odor of grout. No muss, no fuss, all convenience. Visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com today to learn more about all their sensational services and what products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. That's today, by the way. Visit lmgelite.com to learn more about all those services and the products they have to offer. Or you can simply stop by their showroom Right there, located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford in the Jockey Lot. It's Lafayette, Marlboro, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Poll question of the day. 
We spent hour number one talking the majority of it. We also talked about the Saints, Teron Armstead, signing that massive contract with the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, it's a big one. $87.5 million. Five-year, $87.5 million deal, including 43.37 of it guaranteed. Former third-round draft pick out of Arkansas Pine Bluff leaves the Saints, the only team he's played for as a pro, and he's headed to South Beach to play for the Fins. Dolphin fans are very happy this morning. Shout-out to Zach. Saints fans going, hey, you kind of expected this, but a week after losing Marcus Williams to a $70 million deal to the Baltimore Ravens, now you've lost Armstead. What are the Saints going to do? More than likely, I feel like, they're going to throw Hurst out there. That's going to be their option. And I think they're drafting a tackle with their first-round draft pick. Traditionally speaking, with Loomis and Payton and Jeff Ireland in tow, now Sean Payton's gone. This could change things, but they typically draft offensive line, defensive line, and DB with their first and second-round draft picks. Now that you need a left tackle, wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do yet again. We talked... That, we also touched on LSU baseball. They're gearing up to take on Louisiana Tech tonight at Alex Box. But our poll question of the day, that's the one that's moving the needle this morning. How do you like your steak cooked? 67% of you say red but not bleeding, medium rare. 27% say still mooing rare. 6% of you say no longer steak but jerky. Got some good comments here. We'll get to those. Oh, y'all, y'all got fired up about this. We'll get to these comments on Facebook and Twitter. That's how we'll kick off hour number two. We'll do that after this timeout. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. After all this time, I would realize that there's a delay and that all those beautiful, big, bald, and beautiful dance moves of mine are caught every time. See, this is what happens when you change the music, which we did for the intro for our B3 and company. Welcome back, by the way. Good morning to you. Hope everyone made it safe through that storm system that came through. Didn't seem to be a whole lot of damage here locally but there was some flooding wind damage north of us north of oakdale south of voiles parish as well but new orleans yesterday experienced tornadoes on the west bank some scary videos are coming out people documenting it so 
all of our thoughts and prayers to our friends down in New Orleans. And we're trying to keep it light this morning because sometimes life can get heavy. And that's what we've done with our poll question of the day. Let's make no bones about it. (laughs) We decided to have fun with the old poll question of the day. Inspired by a group text, a thread between the two producer extraordinaires, Hannah Five Names, James Mesh, the Meshinator, and yours truly, and new host, the Matt Miguez. Five Names was bragging on herself about how good she did with making steak for dinner for her and her fiancé. little humble brag. Nothing wrong with that. And that resulted in Miguez responding, not with an ew, but I think it was words of encouragement, but then also, uh, that's not cooked properly. Something along those lines. And... (laughs) I have pulled up the text. (laughs) (laughs) And then that inspired this little exchange and inspired this poll question of the day, which has also led us down a road finding out that one of Hannah's five names (laughs) was inspired by a former dessert at Outback Steakhouse while her mama was pregnant. And we also have learned that five names anger she gets more. She got more angry about people sending their steak back and making it dry like jerky and putting ketchup on it than she does about the Louisiana Tech, a team that, in a university that she dislikes greatly. So we're learning so much. This is a learning about Hannah kind of day, kind of show, <laughs> which is my favorites. <laughs> How about our poll question of the day? How do you like your steak cooked? 66% of you say red but not bleeding. That's what I go with, medium rare. say still mooing, rare. 5% of you say no longer steak but jerky. Let's get to some of the comments because you guys have been on top of it today. Hart says, there's a special place with padded walls for anyone who enjoys steak cooked at any temp over medium. And little known fact, RP3, full name is Raymond Onion Blossom Parch the (laughs) third. Bloomin' Onion, bud. That's a game changer. Which, that actually, the Bloomin' Onion sauce is okay. It's not my favorite. But what is fantastic with Bloomin' Onions is A1 sauce. That, chef's kiss right there. I never worked at Outback Steakhouse. But I did work at a steakhouse when I lived in central Illinois. Mm-hmm. While I was in college, it was just a, a, a mom and pop place. They took an old restaurant and just opened up their own place. It's called Cody's Roadhouse. And I was a prep cook. So I was in charge of cutting up our knockoff blooming onions. Yeah. And putting those. And that job sucks. <laughs> it does. Dude, I. So for anyone that's actually worked in a restaurant business, the like that mid shift when the shift changes. So then people that are on prep and on salads, on coleslaw oh, and hot side, yeah. mm-hmm. when they go out, usually that's like, that's like their smoke break. And so they walk out. So what am I to do? I have to go. And I like, there was one day that I literally, I had helped because we were so slow in the front. I helped cut all of our women onions for the day. I made veggies for the afternoon. Um, I made at least two women onions. I made four or five tables, their salads, and... So I was you... Doing all that. 
Putting that thumbnail is scary. You, you, you actually, you actually did work. Yeah, I worked on cold side. <laughs> I, because when you put a blooming onion in the oil to like mm-hmm. dry it the first time, you had to like make a spin move type thing, and I was like, oh, uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not doing that because I don't want that oil coming back at me, and it, it didn't. But I, it mm-hmm. came out it was a pretty. Oh, it was it, so pretty. That's it, amazing. It's amazing. No, it's uh, terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying. It is. Let's see. Uh, we already mentioned JPK, the OD's comment. Brad says, in response to JPK, the OD, says, that's the cowboy way. And Brad Brad also says, well done with grilled onions, sautéed mushrooms, and A1. <laughs> Brad. No. <laughs> Stop, bud. <laughs> Uh, Todd says, medium rare and get a nice sear on it with a little gif. Oh, look at that. Oh, and see, now there you are, just for reference of my steak. Look at you. Now you're doing the bragging again on the poll question. Oh, yeah. Joe Cole has shared a best marinade I've come across. He did. He shared that as well. Dale's steak seasoning. I've never seen it. I'll have to find that in the store somewhere. Let me know where it's at, Joe Cole. There you go. And Cajun State 88, our buddy, says, rare to medium rare, anything more is wasted. Yes. Yes. That is very true. Yes. And, like, I'm just saying, like, the steak, my steak was fantastic. I loved it. But, like, to, like, bring up my meal up a notch, they were selling at the Big Lots for $2, the boxes of Red Lobster's uh, cheddar biscuits. That's what their biscuits are right there. And they were better than Red Lobster's actual biscuits. You need a moment? You good? <laughs> you need a moment? Go ahead. No. Co- compose yourself. It was we're, just so good. We're doing, we're, we're doing live radio. That's fine. <laughs> Go ahead and take a moment and think about the dinner that you made let's, last night again. <laughs> let's get to the, some more comments. On, we have like four on the Facebooks. On oh, the um, Facebooks? Our book of face. I don't want to call it. <laughs> um, Brian Fox says, give it to me blue. Blue? I can't do blue rare. That's one thing that's... Mm-mm. That's off the table. Can't do it. Nope. That's no. Mm-mm. Can't. Uh, Brandon. I'm gonna say get Roy. That's how I'm gonna say his name. Uh, red anywhere between medium rare to medium. I'm good. That's okay. Jude always my favorite person. Still mooing for me. Good job. Jude's your favorite person. Does Doug <laughs> well, I know do this? Like I on Facebook. Oh, Doug. Doug's do you hear my this? absolute favorite person. Oh, salty Steve. Do you hear these things? Oh man! Well, I have not received a message from Salty Steve yet, so maybe Salty Steve is well busy working, <laughs> or may, or maybe he likes his steak <laughs> so he's like leather, like like eating a boot. Yes. <laughs> but Mark Martin Janak said, "Steak? I can barely afford beef. and take out loans for fuel for my truck." <laughs> <laughs> man, that those gas, uh, that gas man. Oh, not wrong. Not wrong. Mm-mm. See. The rule of thumb for me and my go-to, like when my wife goes, where do you want to go eat somewhere? And look, there's a lot of tremendous restaurants in the area, mm-hmm. in the state, and I've had a ton of great food, and I love eating seafood, and I love eating Cajun dishes, okay? I I'm, I'm married a Cajun girl so from St. Landry Parish. So I love all of that. But when we go out to eat, and it's the go-to, and I get to pick, I'm picking steakhouse. That's what yeah. that's my go-to. 
Maybe that's a stereotypical, traditional guy move. But I love a good steak. Get the potato, get the salad, everything else. But the steak, the steak's got to be the star. Yeah. If you have to put sauce on it, and I've, I've had to use sauce over the years, whether that's A1 or Heinz 57 or whatever it might be, you know it's a great steak when you don't have to do any of that. Yeah. You know it's a great steak when you're halfway through eating the steak and you haven't touched any of the sauce, even a little Worcestershire sauce. Like, you haven't even touched that. You know they did their job. Right. Boom. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. See, I usually, I have this rarity that I eat A1 sauce, like, as my initial, like, I have to put A1 sauce on my plate. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of fine with some A1 sauce. So I'll just put some on there just because I just want to taste of the A1 sauce because to me it's good. There you go. But it's not like if it doesn't need it, it's perfect steak. Boom. Perfection. Yeah. And you're grilling up perfect steaks at your house. Apparently. And apparently, and apparently there are steaks that Miguez and Mesh, only Mesh would eat. Miguez would not eat. Mesh, Miguez literally said when I posted the picture, he said, everything else looks delicious in all caps. However, that steak needs to be a little bit more cooked for my taste. You do you, though, with a laughing emoji. That was his exact words when I went on top of, oh, honey, and that cow is still mooing. Yes, it is still mooing. Caught it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Robert Duplachet has chimed in on the poll question of the day. I got to give a shout out to him. I agree with seven minutes aside and never flip your steak more than once. That's true. You flip it more than once, you're going to dry it out, by the way. Don't flip it more than once, especially if you're on a grill. Just don't. Now, also, sauce is for losers. Another question is, what kind of steak is your favorite? Ooh, Robert wants to go down that rabbit hole. What you got? Five names. I'm always going to say a filet. Filet is my go-to if I can, but they're always expensive, so I stick with a sirloin most of the time just because I don't have that money. You don't have that much. No. It's, not, it's not about your money. It's about what you what you prefer. What's your oh, what's prefer. your prefer steak? Oh, I prefer filet, all time hands down. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Whatever I had yet last night was fantastic. Well, twenty eight dollar two dollars two steaks. It didn't say filet on it though. I always go with a ribeye. I like. I prefer a ribeye. That being said. That being said, the best steak I've ever had was in Oklahoma City at the stockyards. Like, actually at the, you know, cattle stockyards for the state. And there's a restaurant. It's Cattleman's Steakhouse. It's a historic place. It's right there. Like, the stockyards are here, and it's in front of it. So you're getting fresh. (laughs) You're getting fresh cuts of steak there best steak i ever had was at cattleman's steakhouse is that the one that has that really big steak where they rub by mm-hmm. yeah they my have love that place they they, they pride themselves on making the perfect steak and i had the presidential choice t-bone it was the best steak i ever had the best steak i ever had like, it's worth going to Oklahoma City. People are like, Oklahoma. I got 
one of my best friends and his family, his wife and their kids, they live right outside of Oklahoma City. We had a great time, by the way, in Oklahoma City. It's worth going to Oklahoma City just to go to Cattleman's Restaurant. Well, guess what? The Presidential Choice T-Bone. It is a massive steak. Massive. Isn't it like 40 ounces or something like that? I ate it all too, by the way. Two. <laughs> this hearty portion is sort of two steaks in one. It combines the full flavor of the strip sirloin, the impeccable tenderness of the filet, and joined together by the famous tea. This is the steak President Bush preferred when dining in Oklahoma City. They're actually, uh, for most women, telling you, telling you. when we mm-hmm. say, you know, what do you want to eat? We say, I don't care or I don't know. There's actually a bar and grill. It's called I Don't Care Bar and Grill. And it's in Oklahoma. So Kenneth and I are making a trip. It made to go to Oklahoma City to go to uh, Cattleman's. You will well. not be disappointed. And they have an upstairs where you can go for like a little bar area mm-hmm. that you just because the wait time because there, there's only limited seating. So yeah. they have an entire upstairs for you to wait to get a table to order your steak. You got a little bar area and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was it was. All right, we add that to our trip list. Ooh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Got to get the presidential choice. Just saying. And I think that's, I'll have to ask my in-laws. I think that's the one they went to because every time he's gone through there being a truck driver, he's they've always gone there. Got to go to Cattleman's. Right there, right there at the stockyards. Like, literally, you. it's right in front of the entrance to the stockyards there in Oklahoma City for all the cattle. Mm-hmm. Just telling you. Just telling you. I love steak. What a show. We could be talking about sports, but we're talking about steak. Forget about sports. <laughs> we got to take a time out, try to get this show back on track, or maybe not. <laughs> keep taking your phone calls. Keep commenting on the poll question of the day as well. Hotline, though, is 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company. We talk sports. We talk steak. We talk life. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Uh, Usually we close out the show with that song, but it's only fitting that we play it right now because we're talking New Orleans We're talking New Orleans basketball. How about a national championship? How about ending a national championship drought of 77 years? Yeah. 77 years has come to an end. The Loloa Wolfpack are national champions for the first time in nearly 80 years. They defeated Talladega 71-56 last night. To win the NAIA National Championship. That's right. Your NAIA National Champions are the Loyola Wolfpack. Miles Burns was your MVP after he recorded a double-double. 19 points and 17 rebounds. Zach Zach Wright rather, also chipped in a double-double with 19 points and 12 rebounds. It is the first national championship for the Wolfpack. In 77 years, 77 years, that is absolutely phenomenal. 
great honor by them. Not a lot of national championships there or championships period out of New Orleans when it comes to their college or their professional teams. So anytime that occurs, it's a big deal. Saw a lot of Wolfpack grads, a lot of New Orleans folks showing pride last night on that. Lots of alums were on there talking about the fact that the Wolfpack were your national champs. 77 years. Imagine that. That'd be like if the Cleveland Browns won the Super Bowl, right? We're getting near to that point. It's been that long. It's just amazing. Got that national championship. Mm-mm-mm. Wolfpack are your national titles. And they've gone through so much down there. So much. And, you know, they dealt with hurricanes. They dealt with funding issues. They've dealt with a lot of things. And for them to win it all, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And they end the season. How about this for a record? 37 and 1. Yeah. <laughs> they lost one game this year. Just one. I'd say I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's pretty good, right? Mm, I think that's pretty good, right? Only losing one game, winning a national championship. Yeah. No? Anyone? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> It's uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So congratulations to the Wolfpack on winning the NAIA National Championship in men's basketball. Whew. We had a good show so far today. Talked a little LSU baseball. Jay Johnson's team going to try to get back on track after dropping two of three last weekend against Texas A&M. They'll host Louisiana Tech tonight at Alex Box. These two teams faced off early in the year up at the Love Shack, and the Bulldogs bested the Tigers 11-6. Can the Tigers even it up and take this midweek game that got pushed back because of the weather from yesterday to today? Plus, SEC series against Florida on tap for the weekend for Jay Johnson's team. We discussed that. We discussed also New Orleans Saints. Teron Armstead is gone. As expected, the Pro Bowl left tackle, third-round draft pick out of Arkansas Pine Bluff back in 2013, a guy that the Saints developed into one of the best left tackles in the NFL, a guy that's tough but has been nicked up and injured and has had to miss time last few years. Still a quality player, still considered by many to be the best free agent on the market during this cycle. He signs a... Huge 80-plus million dollar deal to go down to South Beach to help their offensive line, which needed help. Five-year deal. He's gone, and this comes a week after Marcus Williams signed a $70 million deal to leave the Saints, the team that drafted him, to go play for the Baltimore Ravens. This happens. This is what happens. When you have a quality-ran franchise and you know how to draft and develop players, eventually you're going to lose guys. You can't keep them all. 
You can't keep the band together forever. It just doesn't happen, especially in professional sports. Because, as I said before, there's always going to be a team that is going to overpay for somebody. There's always going to be a team that's more desperate than you that is willing to add an additional year to that contract or an additional $10 million to that contract, and boom. And look, the Saints are going through a little mini-rebuild. At least that's what you hope they're doing. You hope that it's not an immense rebuild. You just hope it's a mini one, right? You bring back Jameis Winston on a team-friendly deal. You sign Marcus May, the safety, the thumper out of from the Jets. You hope he becomes the next great former Jet that you turn into even a better player. And you have salary cap space to make moves. They're not making those moves. And we had James call earlier, kind of go, kind of feels like maybe they're just going to build through the draft, and that's what it kind of feels like to me. Now, I could be wrong. They could do some middle-tier moves. They could make a, a splash and try to get a wide receiver in here to help Michael Thomas and let Callaway be a number three or number four and let Deontay Hardy be that three, four wide receiver. And that way you have those guys and that's far more favorable matchups and their skill set would allow them to thrive in those positions instead of being forced to be the number one and number two option. And maybe that's what they're going to do. And then address the offensive line through the draft. With that first round pick, they like drafting offensive linemen, defensive linemen and DBs in the first two rounds. That's what they've been doing the better part of 10 years. Don't be surprised if that's what they do again. A lot of you are going to get obsessed and focused on them taking a wide receiver. A lot of you are going to get obsessed about them taking a player from LSU. I wouldn't bank on either one of those things. Who's going to be the best possible offensive lineman or tackle prospect at 18? That's probably who they're going to take. So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be yet another challenging offseason for Mickey Loomis. Now he doesn't have Sean Payton. But he'll be leaning on Jeff Ireland to try to put together a roster for Dennis Allen for the team not to have to go through a massive rebuild, just go through a little mini rebuild and be competitive yet again in that division. I mean, Tom Brady's coming back. Leonard Fournette decided to not go to the Patriots and came back to sign with the Tampa Bay Bucks, the former LSU star. So they're trying to run everything back with Tampa Bay. But Atlanta is in a full burn-it-all-down mode. And the Panthers still have Sam Darnold at quarterback. Because apparently they and Baker Mayfield have no interest in each other. So getting into the playoffs is still a big option. And this team nearly made it into the postseason last year with all the injuries, without having Michael Thomas, with starting four different quarterbacks, having Ian Book actually take snaps. In spite of all of that, in spite of having their offensive line banged up and depleted, they still nearly made the playoffs. This could easily still be a playoff team. Now, losing Toronto Armstead, Marcus Williams, those are big losses. Let's make no bones about it. If they're smart with the free agency, they're smart with the draft, they could overcome that and still be in the mix for a playoff berth. But you'll have to see. We'll have to see what Mickey and Jeff do there in the front office. Got to take a timeout. When we return, the mad dog, Ron Higgins, will join us. Talking all things LSU, basketball, baseball. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
and Company, we talk about the sports you know and love. Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and Company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, do you want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? The world-famous Harlem Globetrotters are returning to the Cajun Dome on Tuesday, April 5th, and you can see them live. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, is giving away tickets for the family-friendly show. How do you win? Simply text TROTTER, that's T-R-O-T-T-E-R, to 68683 to win a family tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters live in the Cajun Dome. Once again, text Trotter to 68683 to win tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Right now, it's time for us to talk a little basketball, the college variety, maybe concerning the purple and gold. Also, we'll squeeze in some baseball talk because it's time for us to talk to the Mad Dog. It's time for Hold That Tiger. The week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the Mad Dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. Mad Dog, first question. Have you ever seen the Globetrotters live in person, bud? Yes, I have. And uh, one of my most favorite columns I ever wrote was about a guy who played for the other team who loses for a living. Oh, nice. It's uh, basically, you know. The you, Washington you Generals. Yeah, the Washington you Generals. And, and, and you, you travel the world and you lose for a living. And it's okay. <laughs> it's it's okay because you get to travel the world and you get to pay you get paid fairly well. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you get to have fun. It, it's, it's fun. And, uh, yeah, so that's, a, that's always a column. That, that I wrote that one time. And uh, I always tell people if you ever – on to a Globetrotter story from a different perspective, talk to a guy who loses for a living. So <laughs> That's a good perspective, bud. Thank you. All right, let's talk uh, about the LSU basketball programs. Let's start off with the women first. They fall short of the Sweet 16, losing at home there in the PMAC to Ohio State. Um, this pretty much boiled down to, look, the, the team – in a lot of ways, probably overachieved. What a great turnaround for Kim Mulkey in year one just to get the team to where it's at is a great accomplishment. But they were a different team without Alexis, right? I mean, if they would have had her, the way they performed against Jackson State would have probably been different if she was fully healthy and the way they played against Ohio State. Even though the outcome may have not been different, I think the game would have looked a lot different. Right, Ron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexis Morris makes a big difference, and that's – on the average, about 16 or 17 points in the lineup. And 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 when she's got it going, you know, in the mid-20s. So uh, 
I'll say, I'll say this. It changes the whole dynamic of that team uh, because it means somebody else has to score those points. And uh, Caleb Porter and, and uh, Pointer and Jalen Cherry can't do that by themselves. And uh, LSU's bigs simply aren't capable of doing that. Just, they just weren't capable. They, they, they offensively skill have no offensive skills whatsoever. Uh, they missed uh, 18 layups in that game the other day, 18. Uh, they must have been watching the men's film, really. I mean, they missed 18 layups. Uh, and that, that killed them right there. I mean, and women's basketball, I mean, uh, a, a lot of the shots are from in close. And I'm not, I'm not degrading their skills because they, I mean, if you saw, you know, Jalen Cherry's pull-up jump shot, uh, it, it's, it, it is not, uh, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like say what you just seen in a woman's game 10 years ago. It, it is a, it was a, a, a beautiful jumper. All these players are skilled, but that said, they couldn't score inside. And ultimately that was LSU's separation this year. They went a long way. Kim Mulkey did a great job of coaching them. Uh, nine wins to 26 wins is, is ridiculous. And they're just going to get better because she's having a great recruiting year. And she'll get the big she needs. See, the whole thing with, with Kim is that most of her teams, uh, her, all, her teams at, 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 uh, at Baylor were, were built off of inside players, not outside players. Correct. Inside, inside players. And so she's not going to win a game like the day when all of a sudden the other team's bombing three-pointers, and, and you can't match that. And so – they were pretty much doomed from the start the other day. Uh, I'd watched the Ohio State team uh, play Missouri State uh, in the game before, and I, I knew what they had. And L, L, I knew inside LSU could not match them. And I, and they're and uh, you know and Ohio State's guards are, are really good too. So they had a great year, and uh, went. They, nobody thought they'd be here. You know, in the having a chance to go to the, the Sweet Sixteen. After the game, Kim talked about losing all those players and you know how uh, they got to rebuild. It may not be as good next year. Blah blah blah. Uh, understand that, but I, I pretty much think that they'll be back right back here next year, same position, because that's that's the way she coaches, and and she'll have maybe two three players back this year, uh, including Alexis, and she's got some studs coming in. So it, it's about to it's about to ramp up. Yeah, and I think this is a great foundation year, right? Uh, have the great turnaround, well over 25 wins. You get to the NCAA tournament. You win a tournament game. You you know, you know put yourself in position to get to the Sweet 16. I think if you told anyone beforehand that that's what was going to happen, I think anyone would take that all day long, and that's just the start, right? Because now Kim's going to have another full year of recruiting, and she's going to be able to put her stamp on this program even more so. Let's switch over to the men, Ron. They get eliminated. Uh, I, I was surprised by the fact I, I thought they would play better. I, I just I thought they would be a little bit more inspired. I thought it was a favorable matchup against Iowa State. I thought LSU was the more athletic team. And they just were just they just were not as good as the Cyclones. I was a little surprised by that. Is that a fitting in to a season that began with so much promise? Well, the way they played it after, uh, you know, when it, after, you know, 
Pinson got hurt. Yeah, it's a, it's a fitting end because if you look at that their last game, it's like every other game you saw in the SEC almost. It was the same stuff. Uh, it didn't matter who coached. And I really felt sorry for Kevin Mickleberry. He looked like a guy on the sideline just looking out there and thinking, what can I do to make this better and look like a head coach, even though I'm not? It, it just, I, felt, I really felt sorry for him. Uh, LSU played like they always played, you know, missed a bunch of shots, turned the ball over a bunch, you know, just uh, did enough to, you know, make a little run, you know, give you a little hope. Uh, it been that was that that game really was LSU basketball season right there. That's what it looked like most of the season. And anybody who watched them all season, you're watching. It's like you watched the same game about 20, 25 times. Honest to God, I mean, nothing different. You know, uh, I didn't expect anything different as far as uh, you know what, what you know putting anything new in because you can't do that. I just you, know, you just you just expect it at this time of year that 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 things will be executed better. Uh, there there won't be dumb passes. Uh, the only thing that came out of that game is probably one of the best block shots I've ever seen by Eric Gaines. Uh, looks like an Olympic long jumper, uh, but aside from that, it was like watching the same game over and over again. Uh, and 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 now that you know, they'll I don't know. Who'll be back off that team? It'll, it'll implode. Uh, nobody's going to stick around to probably be maybe two years on probation. And uh, so you start again under uh, a new coach, uh, Matt McMahon, the guy from Murray State, 43 years old, uh, who's a, uh, had a really good records at Murray State, which is kind of a, a, a breeding ground for uh, major college coaches. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if. Uh, you know, he can get it done. I mean, look, basketball is different than football. But I mean, in football, you can you can go after major college coaches and probably get them. But, but look, I think this time, this time, Scott Weber was absolutely handcuffed. Uh, I, I, knowing him, he will never say it, but I, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he went after, went after some major college coaches and some big names. Because that's his mo. Scott's mo is you don't know until you call him and ask, and I'm sure he did. Um, and then they probably wanted to know, well, I'm, I mean, are you going to get one year probation, two year probation? He, he probably couldn't tell them. And so you're asking somebody to come here on blind faith, and you're not going to get a major college coach to leave a great program for no matter how much money to waste one or two years of his career, knowing you can't get him the tournament. So you get a guy out of mid major who's a, a good coach. We'll see what happens. But in, in mid, you get a mid-major coach, it's, all, it's always a crapshoot because you don't know if he can make the leap. Uh, can Is his staff good enough to make the leap? And so that's what you get right now. That's where they are with Matt McMahon. We'll, we'll meet him today. Uh, great record, 18-0 this year in the league. But we'll see because there's been plenty of cases where you've got the mid-major flavor of the year and they couldn't make the transition. I'm, I'm – I'm pulling for the guy. I hope he does well. Uh, I don't know him. We'll get to know him. So we'll see what happens. We're talking with Ron Higgins, award-winning columnist for Tiger Details. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, we'll get you out of here with this. Let's talk baseball. 
I've said it for a while now. We're not going to know about this team until about halfway through the SEC play because we know they can hit, but pitching was a concern in the preseason, and now we have issues with the Tigers' defense. They drop two of three. They rally to avoid being swept by Texas A&M. What do you make of what you're seeing from Jay's squad as it stands right now towards the end of March? Well, he came here, his uh, you know reputation was a hitting guru, and I think offensively they're they're putting up runs. I mean, and they're battling, they have to battle back most of the time. Uh, Pitching-wise, they're just not very good at all. Uh, they still don't have a start rotation. Uh, you know, you, can, you know, you you can't ask you ask Jay about his starters for next week, and he didn't know because he doesn't know. Uh, they're still trying to find that uh, relief pitching spotty. Uh, defense remains awful. I, I, I you know I don't I don't think I've ever seen a worse fielding LSU team ever. Uh, I mean, routine ground balls turned into, you know, I mean, can Trey Morgan even get a glove on it at first base? You know, uh, like, like the other day on the play he made to, you know, one, one of the, you, you know, I think it was like number two or three on the sports center play of the day. It was an unreal play he made by tracking down a, a ground ball, tracking out a bad throw that the shortstop made on a simple ground ball. You know, I mean, the plays got guys make the play all the time. I mean, it wasn't like they had to go back in the hole and get it or, or, or sideways. He had to charge a little bit. And he, and he overthrows Trey Morgan, who chases after it as, as the guy takes goes to second base. And he slides. As, as he slides, Trey Morgan slides, he picks up the ball and throws it to second base, gets the guy out. Unreal play. But do you have to do that almost every game to, you know, to, to quell a rally? And, and, and and some of the pitching, let's say this: some some of the pitching is is our pitchers are doing their jobs, but the fielding isn't. And you have so many instances where a pitcher will get the guy, will get two outs in an inning, and is about is ready to get out of the inning, and somebody drops a fly ball, or somebody blows a somebody throws a, makes a bad throw to first, or, or somebody makes a bad relay throw, and it, all of a sudden, you know, a team has scored two runs, and the pitcher's going. Oh, okay, and, and inside the pitcher's going, my God, don't can anybody out there you know, do their job? I'm doing mine. Uh, <laughs> hey, I want to get you out of here on a, on a bright note, quickly. I only got about thirty seconds. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Oh, yes, yes. That's a poll question of the day. I'll explain later. <laughs> How do you like your steak cooked? Seventy percent say red, but not bleeding. Mad Dog's one of them. It's exactly how I like mine too, Mad Dog. I knew we were friends for a reason. I, I want to hear. I'll just when I have a steak, I, I just want to hear a little bit of. Mm, just a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. We'll talk to you next week, bud. You're welcome. <laughs> oh man, Mad Dog's with us. I mean, of course, with the name like Mad Dog. You know what I'm saying, come on, of course. We gotta take a timeout. We'll wrap up hour number two. That's coming up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
Are you tired of living with chronic pain, knee pain, joint pain? Listen carefully because now there are new treatments available. Not talking surgery or steroids. These are regenerative treatments from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. Hey, Raymond Parts III here, RP3. QC Kinetics is the leader in these exciting biological therapies that help restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints with lasting results. If you got pain in your knees, shoulders, hip, or back, joint pain that won't go away, you need to check out these new treatments with astonishing patient satisfaction reports. They can actually help your body restore and repair itself with no downtime, no drugs, no surgery. Call now to schedule your free consultation at QC QC Kinetics, that's 337-243-4222. You need to learn more about how biological therapies are changing the way we think about dealing with joint pain. It's exciting stuff. Don't wait. Call today. QC Kinetics, 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Let's check in on the poll question of the day, shall we? We asked you. How do you like your steak cooked? 70% of you say red but not bleeding. 25% say still mooing. 5% say no longer steak, but they like it as it tastes like jerky. Texan and Acadiana chimed in. I'm a medium rare kind of guy. That being said, if I see you putting steak sauce on it, we're going to fight. Yes! JPK, though, D says the secret is to start with a room temp steak, preferably a bone-in ribeye. Never, never go from the fridge to the fire. At least an hour on the counter, crusted in salt and black pepper is a must. We're going to have to bring in JPK, the OD, to make steaks for us one day. Hart says, if you've never had a Wagyu beef, it's worth every penny of the sticker price. A must try for all steak. Aficionados, three fire emojis. Three. It is. My brother actually got one for Christmas because he loves it so much. He said it was amazing. There you go. Poor Miguez has chimed in. Medium to medium well. I like a little pink, but at the same time, I'm not a murderer. Five names. <laughs> Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. We're having a good time today. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three. We'll kick it off with David Fox of the Lake Charles Championship. That's next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company on this hump day edition of the show. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined here in the studio in Upper Lafayette by the producer extraordinaire and grilling steak guru, 
the one and only Hannah Five Names. Hello. <laughs> oh, we are efforting David Fox from the Lake Charles Championship to join us here to help preview the newest addition to the Corn Ferry Tour. It was supposed to debut a few years ago, got delayed because of COVID, canceled because of COVID, and then had to be canceled due to, or postponed rather, due to the hurricanes. So while we effort getting David Fox on the air, just want to continue with our poll question of the day because you guys are making it just amazing. We asked you for our poll question of the day. What's it? It's it's the most difficult question you've been asked all day. Absolutely. How do you like your steak cooked? Sixty-eight <laughs> percent of you say red but not bleeding. Twenty-five percent say still mooing, and seven percent say no longer steak but like it to be jerky. We've had so many good comments. So many good comments on here. Let's get to a few more, shall we? Doug has chimed in. Shout out to Doug. Doug has chimed in. Medium rare for me, Ray. Yes. Doug is on the medium rare team. Love it. Love it. Brad had commented earlier, well done with grilled onion, sautéed mushrooms, and A1. David Dugas responded, do you not have taste buds? <laughs> Brad says, yes, but I'm not a vampire. Anything less than well is like walking across some field and chewing on a cow. Dang! Dang, Brad! Come on, bud! Oh, man. L.C. Izzle says, medium rare only. Also says, filet, no sauce, baked potato with a side of no sauce. See, just let the steak be the star of the show. Herschel says about two minutes on each side or less. So keep those comments coming on our poll question of the day. Once again, inspired by a group text between myself, the producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, the other producer extraordinaire James Mesh, and our new guy, new member of the team, Matt Miguez, who hosts the Afternoons. And uh, he was not like us. He likes his steak well or well done. And uh, he just texted us on that thread. It says, gross, you're all gross in all caps. <laughs> Thank you, Miguez. <laughs> but right now, let's kick off our number three by talking a little golf. We just wrapped up the Chittimacha Louisiana Open presented by Mistross. And yours truly even took part in the Pro-Am, which was, oh, which was about five hours of hilarity. But that's a great tournament. Well, guess what? You got another one to get prepared for as well. A few years ago, it was supposed to launch. Couldn't because of COVID canceling events. Then the hurricanes happened to Lake Charles, and they couldn't have it last year. But now the inaugural Lake Charles Championship is here. Pro-Am is later today. Your boy is going to be playing in it. Believe it or not, I'm doing it again. And they're letting me, which is another crazy thing. We'll talk about that. Bad decision-making. <laughs> but also, what does it mean for the community to have this tournament up and running? What does it mean to have the Corn Ferry Tour come to Lake Charles? He's the man in charge of the tournament, the tournament director, if you will. David Fox now joins us here on RP3 and Company. David, good morning to you, brother. How does it feel? It's tournament week, my friend. Hey, good morning, Ray. How are you doing this morning? 
I'm doing great, yeah, but we're yeah, everything's good. We're uh, it's a little chilly this morning, but the morning wave of the pro amps going off, and uh, so we're you know kicking off, kicking off, kicking off the week. So looking forward to seeing you this afternoon. I know you're looking forward to seeing me come out there this afternoon. Are you going to take time out to watch me in the pro am and give yourself a good chuckle? Because I would highly recommend it. Sounds like I need to. Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll definitely get a video out to the uh, to the audience. Yeah, we're uh, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a good day this oh. afternoon. The sun's out and uh, should be should have fun out there. Let's uh, let's talk about being able to finally get this tournament off and running. I remember the excitement and buzz about it actually being launched a few years ago, and people were excited. And I know players on the tour talking to them at the Chittimacha Louisiana Open, they were excited about having another tour stop right here in Louisiana in uh, stateside. Uh, and then, you know, COVID takes it away. And then you guys can't have it last year because of the hurricanes. How good does it feel to finally get to this moment to be able to put on the tournament finally, David? No, I think we're all excited. Every Our hosts here at the Golden Nugget, our partners at the Visit Lake Charles, everyone's, you know, excited to get it up and going. I, we kind of joked this is the longest inaugural event on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's kind of our <laughs> running joke. And, you know, I think it's, you know, the exci- I think lots of people are excited about it. And hopefully this tournament kind of shows that the Lake Charles area is, you know, getting back and, and going again. So um, we're excited for the week. Walk us through what's it like getting a tournament just off the ground from scratch, right? I mean, this is not something that's been around for a long time and you just brought it back. This is something that you're trying to launch, and there's a lot of logistics involved. Kind of walk us through the behind the scenes of just how much of a challenge has it been just to get the tournament up and running. Well, it's, you know, it has been a long time coming, and, you know, it's thankfully we have some good partners, but there's, you know, a lot of, you know, I, I get it a lot. You know, what do you what do you do for a living? And I say, well, I work on the golf tournament. And you know, when I tell them how long I work on these things, they kind of don't believe me. But the, you know, there's just a lot of logistical things that need to be done, and especially with the first year event. You know, we don't have that experience to draw from. But it's, there's just a lot of moving pieces. And but the tour is very helpful. Um, the cl- club here at the Golden Nugget's been great. And you know, it's just a lot of a lot of different things that most people wouldn't realize or go into this, but you know, it's just been, uh, it's been fun to kind of keep it, keep it going. And, you know, like you said, the two year hiatus is just kind of you know, really unprecedented of any event that I've ever heard of. So, you know, the community's really rallied around us and, you know, we're excited to, you know, get the guys on the golf course tomorrow for real on Thursday. You know, to, to have it taken away before it could even begin because of COVID is one thing, but then the hurricanes happen. Did you, did you have any, you know, once you surveyed the damage, was there any possibility, a percentage chance of you guys being able to start it last year at all? Or was that not even in the realm of possibilities due to all the damage from hurricane uh, Laura? Yeah. You know, I think we are initially, we thought we might be able to, to go after the first hurricane, but after the second one, it was obviously that obvious that that wasn't wasn't going to be the case, and you know probably rightfully so. There was a lot of people that were suffering, and I think the year year off has served us well, and you know we're in a much better place here, and with the golf course, and you know the communities, you know since obviously still some people 
that are struggling and suffering. But, you know, for the most part, I think the community's rallying around, you know, just kind of picking themselves up and getting back going again. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, so it's a good, everything's in a good place. It's, you know, it's interesting right before in COVID we had everything built and then had to take it all down literally a week before the event started. So this event's been through a lot, but, you know, I think um, we're excited to kind of show it off to the community and get everyone excited about it. So we're talking with David Fox. He's the, executive director of the Lake Charles Championship. It tees off tomorrow over there at the Golden Nugget. The Pro-Am will be today, morning wave and an afternoon wave. Yours truly will be taking part in the afternoon wave. Let's let's talk about, you know, the course itself, David. Uh, when you're putting on a tournament, what kind of changes do you do to the course or have you guys done anything at all? If, if someone's played the course before over there at Golden Nugget in the last couple of years, is it going to be wildly different compared to that? What's the players are going to experience the next four days? The, the biggest change really is we've, we flipped the nines. Uh, so we finish kind of at the clubhouse. That's the biggest change. And really, you know, for these guys, um, you know, for for most of us, a 500-yard hole is a par five. Um, for these guys, it's a par four. So we've lowered the par from 72 to 71. But other than that and speeding up the greens a little bit, um, you know, that's, you know, most people will recognize recognize the golf course. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's some of the things that the tour the rural staff has kind of done to kind of, you know, make it a little tougher. And with the wind, it's supposed to be, some decent wind throughout the week, so that'll pose a challenge for these guys as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Louisiana flavor that's going to be part of the field. Um, you got a, a couple of guys with local ties, or at least state ties, that are going to be in uh, the field. Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, sure. We got you know, Ben Taylor, an LSU grad. We got um, a couple of our one of our sponsor picks, Philip Barbary's an LSU grad, and then Michael Arnault. He's one of our sponsor picks. He was originally from Orange, Texas, and uh, now lives in Alexandria. So, some good, yeah, good local. There'll uh, be some LSU guys in the field, and you know, I think that definitely adds to it when whenever you have some, some good local local people in the field. And then one of our other, um, we gave a one of our other picks to uh, Hayden Wood, whose his father was lived in Lake Charles for quite a while, and. Uh, Willie Wood, who's now on the Champions Tour, and his grandfather was the longtime head pro at the original Mallard Cove. So, oh wow, some good local, good local ties, and you know we're excited to have them in the field, and hopefully they can you know use this as a kind of a springboard moving forward. You also um, uh, a sponsor exception for uh, Kevin Hall, uh, a great story, um, a young man who uh, lost his hearing at the age of two. He's a professional deaf golfer. He's going to be in the in the field as well, David. Right. Yeah, I had a chance to meet his father yesterday during registration, and yeah, what a nice, nice family and a nice young man. We're looking forward to yeah, kind of hoping he can do well this week. And again, kind of all these guys need to do is kind is make a cut. Once they do, they're off and running for the rest of the year. So hopefully, he can use this as a good opportunity as well. David, we'll wrap it up with this, brother. You know, this process has been three years in the making. You know, what did you learn along the way that maybe you didn't realize 
goes into putting on such a major event like this, having a professional golf tournament at, in Lake Charles? Yeah, I think just not so much just this event, but in the last couple of years, you're just working on golf tournaments. It's just, you know, I think it's, you know, patience is a big thing for me. It's, you know, dealing with COVID and just local restrictions. And it's just, you know, different things that you haven't had to deal with in the past. But, and I guess that's what makes the job fun. Uh, every day is a little bit different. But so it's, you know, we're, I think, excited. To, you know, everyone's, been very receptive and received some re- I think everyone's kind of excited to kind of see it. I don't think most people kind of realize how good these guys really are. And, um, you know, it'll be exciting for, for the community to kind of see the, the, you know, the future stars here starting of the PGA Tour starting tomorrow. All right, bud, one more. We'll get you out of here with this. It's our poll question of the day. It's based on some fun that we had with the group text. How do you like your steak cooked, brother? You got you got to be honest with me now. Yeah, I heard I heard you guys when I was waiting on the air here. I I'm a, I'm kind of a medium guy. I'm a medium steak guy. Um can't quite do medium rare and I think medium well or well is a little too a little too far. So I'm a I'm a medium guy. There we go. There we go. David, appreciate your time as always, brother. Best of luck with the tournament this week. Can't wait to come over and play the course later this afternoon for the pro am. Thank you so much for your time and we'll be in touch, bud. All right, sounds good. We'll see you later this afternoon. Thanks a lot. It's David Fox, executive director of the Lake Charles Championship, the only new tournament on the Corn Ferry Tour this year, and it's going to be traditionally paired the week right after the Chittimacha Louisiana Open. Can you believe that I'm actually going to be taking part in my second Pro-Am in a week's time? Can you actually wrap your brain around that? I can't because I, I don't know how you survived the first one. <laughs> I'm not for sure either. I think some of that Cormac shoe with the seasoned smoked meat in it uh, during the tournament that I had, I think probably helped me out a little bit. I'm just, I'm, I don't know who decided this was a good idea. <laughs> um, uh, come on, they, five names. Come on. One, one really good ball, but it was like 236 yards, you said? 213 yards. Damn, I mean, I, you ha- Drive I mean, you right down the fairway. And don't forget, I did almost drain that birdie putt. It hit the pin. I just hit it too hard. So I had like three or four good shots. I documented it. Three or four out For, of 18 holes. Oh, yeah. Hey, I didn't see you out there swinging the club. You, you were out there. Good. You were out there mocking me with your TikTok videos. Huffing and puffing, walking around trying to find you. <laughs> like a pro, you and me, yes. Strolling around the golf course. It was Where hot are they too. at? Where are they at? <laughs> we just kept walking, and I'm like, nope, that's not him. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> it's fun times, especially in jeans and khaki pants. Yeah, you you, you guys did not dress appropriately. <laughs> I'm just that's saying. That's what I told our uniform is, is pants. <laughs> just saying. Did not dress did not dress appropriately. Oh, man. We got to take a timeout. We'll update our poll question of the day. Get to some more comments. We'll take your phone calls if you want to squeeze one in. We got some time for you. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. 
six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, wants to give you a chance to score the ultimate crawfish boil. Brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, and Cody's Crawfish. You can win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, a paddle, ice chest, tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card. But hold up, we're not done. That's not all. How about a pair of tickets to watch the Houston Astros play at Minute Maid Ballpark? What? Crawfish? The equipment? A gift card? And baseball tickets? Man, today's one of those days I wish I wasn't working here. That way I could win this. That way I could score the ultimate crawfish boil. I can't, but guess what? You can. Go sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the ultimate crawfish boil from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Time for us to check in on our poll question of the day. Inspired by shenanigans involving yours truly, the producers extraordinaire, and new team member, Mad Me Guess. How do you like your steak cooked? It's a div- divisive issue. It's divided this house. Can we keep it together? Can five names play nice with Miguez to keep things in harmony here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station? I don't know. I don't have that answer. I'm crippled with fear thinking about it. (laughs) Crippled. How do you like your steak cooked is our poll question of the day. 70% of you say red but not bleeding. 24% say still mooing. 6% 6% say no uh, no longer steak, but it's turned into jerky. That's your jam. Darren has chimed in. I was waiting. Well, well done. Almost burn up. Must have shrimp no. and potatoes. D! D! Oh, D! D, you're, you're, hardened, you're hardened the heart of the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Why, man? <laughs> I thought we were cool. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. Look, everyone likes what they like, right? Yeah. No matter what, I am I think I'm replacing Darren with uh, Martin Janak on Facebook. He said, Hannah having steak for supper, question mark? We can see who gets paid the big money at the game. Time to change her name to Hannah Cash Money. Oh, Hannah Cash Money. Nice. That's a once-a-year thing. It was Kenneth's <laughs> birthday yesterday. <laughs> We basically had Roadhouse at home. Roadhouse, you say? Yes, that's his favorite restaurant. His favorite restaurant has to be Roadhouse. We go there. Every time his parents come is, in, we go to is, Roadhouse. Is Roadhouse one of his favorite movies? You don't even don't know what know. I'm talking about, do you? You have no idea about the Patrick Swayze 
legendary performance in Roadhouse. It's just called Straight Up Roadhouse? It's called Roadhouse. Okay. You know, the double deuce? Sam Elliott? Apparently not. (laughs) It is just a chef's kiss of late 80s action entertainment. No, but it looks good, though. Let me give Patrick Swayze. Swayze's doing roundhouse kicks. There's bar fights. There's bouncers. There's a big guy driving around in a big jacked-up monster truck for no good reason. There's a bad guy in a small Missouri town. (laughs) I have a copy. I'm pretty sure I can just bring it to you. (laughs) You said that last time about waiting, and you never brought it. Just remind me. I got a lot going on. I did remind you. I'm playing pro-ams. I reminded you three times that week. The burden of keeping this team together when you're trying to tear us apart over stake is weighed so much on me that I forgot to bring you a movie. That you asked for two months ago. <laughs> yeah, that I asked you three times that week. I said, hey, don't You've never seen waiting. Roadhouse? No. Oh, I'm going to have to send you the trailer during the break. See, this is when me and Miguez can be friends again, because he says, showing your age, right? Yeah, he didn't know who Charlie's Theron was yesterday when I asked him. I brought it up in conversation. He had a blank look on his face. He's like, what am I, boy, 24? Yeah, I'm showing my age. I'm an old man. I'm 43, damn it. I like what I like. I like my steak medium rare. See, I didn't know her name, but I know who she is. You too? I don't know what I'm, what am I doing here. I'm looking at her picture. I know who she I'm is. I'm surrounded I by youngins. Didn't know her na- I'm telling you right now, I don't know most actresses and actors' names. I usually just go, oh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, look. Miguel's Miguel texting me. I knew the face in all caps. <laughs> Our lovely Matt Romagosa says medium rare. Shout out as to, well. Shout out to Matt. Shout out to Matt. So you haven't seen Roadhouse. I'm gonna have to. Uh, am, are we gonna have to have like a Roadhouse watch party? We should have Ooh, it. The game movie night. Game movie night. I heard you bowling alley, and you don't seem to like that answer. So. I love to bowl. Finding time. Sundays. We are all off on Sundays. Not all of us. Some of us have to cover games. Okay. Usually they're at like two o'clock. <laughs> like there James, is, there is like, going to be a like Sunday. the missionator is covering the Raging Cajuns we can versus easily find Jaguars baseball a Saturday or Sunday that we're not having to cover. You games. coordinate that. I'm giving you that responsibility. You are the producer extraordinaire. Now it's time to be the bowling outing extraordinaire. Got you. Once You're a on month, it? we're going on the game outings. Game outings once yep. a month. I like that. Bonding times. Bonding. You know, I'm the only freaking girl. Calm down. <laughs> it sucks sometimes. <laughs> You're like, oh, I did this. That's growing up with my dad. Ah, I did this. I'm like, I didn't. Because I'm a girl. I mean, there, there's ways of changing that these days. If you want to go, I mean, if you, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm just, I mean, that'd be your choice. I would recommend it. I, and I would have a conversation with your fiance about that decision. No, 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 There you go. There you go. Keep voting on that poll question of the day. This is what's so sad. Oh man. We're having fun on this hump day edition of RP3 and company. Yes, we are. How do you like your steak cooked? Still mooing, red but not bleeding, or no longer steak but jerky. Keep those comments coming. Keep those votes coming as well. We got to take a timeout, but when we return, 
The shenanigans will continue because Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He's also a weekly columnist for 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com, by the way. You can read his stuff for free on our website. We'll be joining us to talk Saints offseason. That's next. By the way, Five Names just did a shimmy in the studio. She's feeling good about herself this morning. We got to take a timeout. You're listening to the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 23rd, 1957, North Carolina takes down Kansas. 54-53 in three overtimes. Jayhawk star Wilt Chamberlain is named the most outstanding player, becoming the fourth player to earn the honor despite not winning the title. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. College basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Yep, it's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, guess what? You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet just $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code 1037GAME. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, availability does vary by parish. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. It's been an interesting offseason for the New Orleans Saints. They lose Marcus Williams to the Baltimore Ravens for a $70 million deal. Yesterday, they lost Ron Armstead to the Miami Dolphins on a five-year deal worth north of $80 million. They did bring in an affordable safety who's coming off an injury for the New York Jets. And they re-signed Jameis Winston after openly flirting with Deshaun Watson. But where does the team go from here? They have salary cap space. But how are they going to replace Teron? How are they going to replace Marcus? What are they going to do with depth at running back? Are they going to sign a wide receiver? Because you can't put Callaway and Deontay Hardy out there to be the number two guys because that's not going to work. To answer all those questions with sophistication, with intelligence, and a know-how second to none, is our final guest today a man who needs no introduction because he writes a weekly column for us here at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com, but I'm going to do it anyway. He's the co-host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. It's time to talk to Andrew Juge. Andrew, good morning. 
Good morning, Ray. You know, look, you said a nice, lot of nice things about me just now. And, and I got to tell you, I'm only 41. So I have plenty of time to figure out time zones. Uh, but but I'm here. I'm here. I'm on time. So I figured it out. My man is so rattled. I guess I got to share this. My man was so rattled with all the news going on with Watson and Winston and Teron Armstead. When I said, hey, bud, you want to come on, you know, at 830? And he's like, is that Eastern time? I was like, no, it's the same time as always. It's been three years. I was like, no, we didn't move the we didn't move the show to a mountain time zone. You're fine. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same time zone. All right. All right. So, all right. Let's go back to the openly trying to get Deshaun Watson and his, you know, getting a guy that's more than likely going to be suspended by the NFL, 22 civil suits, the whole nine yards. How did you think Mickey Loomis and company did with handling that? and just being wide open in the public eye trying to trade for Deshaun Watson? Well, you know, obviously, Cleveland fans, there, there's a lot of them that are unhappy, and the Browns are now – we're kind of seeing from the other side of it what happens when you acquire that player and how the fan, fan base reacts and everything. You know, look, obviously, they handled it pretty well because I think unlike Atlanta, unlike Carolina, maybe unlike the Browns to some degree – I, I do think the Saints have a lot of trust. They have a lot of built-in buy-in from their fan base. And when Gail Benson signs off on it and Mickey Loomis signs off on it, I think there's a general disposition of fans to say, okay, fair enough, we trust you. And that's not to say that's all-encompassing. Obviously, there's a lot of fans that had a lot of serious concerns about it. But uh, look, obviously, in the end, they don't get them. But what I found interesting was the Browns, went back to the table and felt like they had to go in because of the damage that was created with Baker Mayfield to the point where they could not go back to him. Same with Atlanta. Even though they don't acquire him, enough damage had been done with Matt Ryan that they could not go back and patch that up and they end up trading him. Interestingly, of all those teams, it's the Saints that quickly go back to Jameis Winston and, and, and say, hey, sorry about all that. That was a little weird, right? But uh, we want you to come back. Here's a contract offer and he comes back immediately. So I don't know what that says about the Saints or maybe what it says about Jameis Winston. Um, but uh, it, it is interesting to me that they were able to quickly pivot and go to their plan B without feelings being hurt because uh, we saw what happened with Atlanta and Cleveland and it was feeling pretty desperate over there. What do you say to the Saints fans that were hoping that the Saints would trade for Baker Mayfield? Look, I, I just don't think Baker Mayfield, first of all, the number of quarterbacks that are kind of his height, 6'1 and, and, and shorter, that succeed in the league, you can count them on one hand. And I know Drew Brees is one of those, but I just think Baker Mayfield is a guy that makes his living outside of the pocket. He's not really a pocket passer. And we saw that those what that limits you and those limitations this past season where he hurt his throwing shoulder, had a miserable season, and that's because he, quite frankly, takes a beating. And uh, so I, I don't know that longevity-wise, long-term, I don't know that Baker Mayfield's a guy that I would go after. So uh, between the two, I would lean strongly towards Jameis Winston, and I'm glad that's the guy they end up with. They get Jameis to come back, and that's a, a good deal for everyone, right? He gets 21 mil guaranteed. It's only a $28 million contract. That's a team-friendly deal. That still gives them plenty of space under the cap. What do you think their next move is, Andrew? Because they decided to replace Marcus Williams with Marcus May. 
Uh, different player, right? He's a thumper, not a, a one-high safety like Marcus was. And Marcus, I think, was more versatile. But they find a kind of a cheaper replacement there, and their defense is pretty much solid. All the question marks are on offense. Offensive line, running back, wide receiver. Where do they go next? Well, I think you just answered your question. Uh, yeah, no, it's offense. You know, obviously, they, they need a complete overhaul. And it starts really at the skill position. Look, Michael Thomas comes back, and we know that's part of the equation. But you lose Tron Armstead. Uh, there, there are some thoughts that they may stay internal uh, with left tackle. They, they have a lot of faith in James Hurst. I've been told that inside the building, they've graded out James Hurst as an above-average left tackle the times that he's played. So I, I think they do feel like that's a possible solution. I know the Saints are very, very high on Ethan Greenidge, and he got hurt in training camp. Uh, and wasn't able to play this past season, but he's been in the program for a few years now. They've been developing him, and they are really, really high on him. They thought he really turned a corner last year, looked great in camp. So that's a guy that they potentially think could get some playing time this year. But And obviously they drafted Landon Young. So there is some depth at tackle, and yet we're talking about Teron Armstead here. And, and none of those guys are on that level or even close. So as you start this offseason, it was good to bring back Jameis. By the way, you mentioned that contract. I'm stunned he took two years. Two years, $28 million. That That's a deluxe backup or, or a bridge quarterback contract. So, yeah. Uh, the, fact, the fact that he didn't want to do one year again and maybe try to go back into free agency and, and get a starter salary next year is a little bit of a surprise to me. But that, that's a great contract for the Saints that allows them flexibility to add people. So, look, I, I do think – the Deshaun Watson situation created a bottleneck, not just for the Saints, but really league-wide. And it really delayed businesses getting started in terms of free agency. Then you had, once that doesn't pan out for the Saints, you have to figure out quarterback immediately. So then they're all in on solidifying Jameis Winston and getting that deal done. After that, I think the next thing that was a bottleneck was Armstead. And I think they were trying to find out how much money they would have to spend based on whether Teron Armstead would return because there was a contract on the table for him, or if they were going to lose out on him, all of a sudden then you have a way more money to spend. And so they were waiting on that. That just got resolved over the last 24 hours. And he's now a Miami dolphin at 17 and a half million a year over five years. And so now they've got, they're in the top 10 in the league in, in cap space. And which is crazy. Still a lot of, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. We look, we were talking about how they, they were in the worst situation in the league and now they're in the top 10 and kudos to Mickey Loomis for doing that. But now they need to start spending. And I do, I do see now that those bottlenecks are removed. I think you see a flurry of deals and I think it happens in quick succession where uh, it's all about revamping the offense now. And I, I really see no position on this team. I, I'll exclude quarterback for now, although I think that's still in play in the draft. But beyond quarterback, I think you need a receiver. I think you need depth on the offensive line, potentially a starter. I think you need a tight end. I think you might need a running back with Alvin Kamara getting suspended. So there is really no position on this offense that they don't need to replenish, that they don't need to make better. So, uh, look, when you tell me where they go next, I really don't care where they go next, Raymond, as long as it's any of those positions on offense. Talking with Andrew Juge, co-host of the Saints Half Hour podcast. He's also a weekly columnist for us here at the game. He's joining us here on RP3 and Company. Would Jarvis Landry be a good fit for the Saints and their offense? You know, honestly, I don't think so. Uh, I think now that we know that Jameis Winston is back, 
I, I view it like this. Jameis Winston is, to me, the, the and, and we talked about this a lot on this show, and I know you, you, you said this a lot yourself, Ray. Jameis Winston is not a short game precision passer. He's not a game manager. And, and I really felt like the training wheels were on him with Sean Payton, so to speak. There was no trust there. And his, his job description was don't turn it over. Do not throw an interception. And he did that. To, to his credit, he was able to do that. He threw three interceptions in seven games last year. And uh, I thought he did a great job of protecting the football. But I think what you saw was a stripped-down version of Jameis Winston. I, he, he was more efficient. I think the way he played lended itself to winning games simply because the defense was so good. But, but that's not his skill set. That's not his strengths. And I think what Jameis Winston is when he's at his best – is one of the better play-action passers in the league. So how do you complement that? How do you make a down-the-field vertical play-action passer be his best version of himself? And to me, number one, you've got to run the football. So I think there needs to be a commitment to developing offensive linemen that are maulers, especially on the interior. Get some running back. Get, get a little bit of depth there where you can pound it with guys besides Kamara and Ingram, maybe add another that can be successful in between the tackles set up play action, and then from there, the receivers, to me, have to be A, guys that can block, B, can stretch the field. Traquan Smith actually qualifies, believe it or not. So I I think he's back in play because of his skill set. Now, he can't be your number one. He can't be your number two. But as your number three or four, I think he makes sense in this offense. To me, Landry makes less sense because of all the things I just said. He's more of a – poor man's version of Michael Thomas. He, he's going to catch slants. He's going to move the chains. He's tough after the catch, but he's, he's not a guy that can stretch the field. So you have Deontay Harry, but Hardy, sorry. But to me, the number two has to be a burner has to be a guy that can stretch the field has to be a guy that can beat you one-on-one when he gets that mismatch. And if Jameis went and Jameis Winston can maximize a guy like that. So I think that's where the saints have to go. That's where they can make Jameis Winston the most successful they have got to get a receiver that stretches the field and is able to make plays, make explosive plays vertically. Uh, look, I know they love Traquan, and he run blocks with the best of them, probably one of the top five, top ten wide receiving uh, run blockers in the, in the league. But that cat drops way too many balls. And if it's great to have that deep threat, but the deep threat's got to catch the ball too, right? I mean, and, and that's the thing that they were so bad at last year is that they threw out a ton of wide receivers and tight ends, and none of them could catch. None of them could catch. And that's the, that's the only reason why I bring up Jarvis. I agree with you. Scheme-wise, if you want to utilize Winston, his actual basic skill set, you need someone to be a burner. But for me, I'm just like, man, you had Jarvis Landry. You know what he's going to do? He's going to catch. He's not going to give you yeah. a ton of yards, but Jarvis is going to catch the ball when it's thrown to him. They don't have enough of those guys on the roster right now. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just go back to Kevin White and, and Kenny oh. Stills, who were, were, oh were actually successful at stretching the field, right? They would get open. They would the get field. open, I mean, and they would they, drop. They, they, would, they would get the mismatch. They would be open. The ball would be thrown well, by sometimes by Trevor Simeon. Like, you actually had a shot with Trevor Simeon as your quarterback, and they would drop it. And they would just drop and, it. Uh, it like, every no, time. No. And, 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 you know, I, I throw Traquan in there, too, and I get it. But I think the advantage with a guy like Traquan is that – you need blocking receivers. And I just go back to a time where Krishan Hogan was on this roster. And anytime he was on the field, you knew it was a run. It was a complete ticket. You knew he couldn't catch a pass. He couldn't run a route, but he was a good blocker. And so anytime he was in the personnel grouping, 
well, here comes a run. With Traquan, there's at least an element of this could be a run or pass. So that, that, that's an element that I know the Saints appreciate about him. And look, he's a tough player. They love him in the building. But yeah, so you look at guys like, and I hear you on Jarvis Landry, but I, I ultimately think maybe a guy like Will Fuller, uh, who's mm, still okay. out there, he, he probably makes a little bit more sense. And look, this draft class, I mean, we've talked about it at receiver. Uh, there's 12 guys that ran sub 4440s, and uh, the record was seven before this year. So this receiver group is fast, it's deep. You may be able to get a good one that can contribute in year one in the fourth or fifth round this year. So there are receivers all over this draft. And uh, look, maybe you do add Jarvis Landry, but you supplement with that with a couple speedsters in the draft. But I don't think, look, the strategy here is you can't just get one guy and assume he's going to be fine and fix this thing. I, I think they need to reach into that cookie jar and get two or three. Quickly, only got 30 seconds, bud. How do you like your steak cooked? Oh, uh, uh, rare, rare. Yes, uh, bloody, bloody even. Uh, yes! You gotta keep those flavors, man. If you cook it too much, you don't have the flavor. Yes. You're uh, with me, right? I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. Thank you, thank you, Andrew. <laughs> have a great week. Hey, I'll, I'll even eat some steak tartare, man. <laughs> My man. My man, yeah. we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up today's show. Get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. It's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, I want to take a moment to thank our guest that made today's shenanigan field show amazing. What a great hump day edition of RP3 and company. What about Ron Higgins? The mad dog himself from Tiger Details talking all things LSU. David Fox, your executive director of the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am later this afternoon with your boy RP3 involved. We will share photos and videos on social media. Not to worry. It will be hilarious. But that tournament, I actually tease off tomorrow. Great. Three years in the making, the inaugural Lake Charles Championship. And, of course, Andrew Jude from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Let's go to our poll question of the day. Final results. Y'all got excited about this bad boy today. Poll question of the day. How do you like your steak cooked? 66% of you said red but not bleeding. 25% say still mooing. That's rare. And 9% of you say no longer steak. But it has become jerky. All the comments, all the memes, all the photos and gifts, and so much more. Y'all came out today proud of all of y'all that voted and commented on the poll question of the day. We love feeling the love. We love feeling the love. Did we hear from Salty Steve? Um, Let's see. Since the last time we Did we spoke, get a Salty Steve comment or <clears throat> message on our poll question we, of the day? We did. He says, Pescatarian. Uh, I said, that's just fish. I said, seafood <laughs> is also part of that. Just a healthier lifestyle. After six months, I lost my taste for beef and pork. Makes you extra salty. Seafood has that in abundance. <laughs> oh, it was a good time today. Good time today. And we found out that Five Names has yet to watch the Patrick Swayze Classic Roadhouse. We will take care of that. Not to worry. We will make sure that happens. For the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.